I'm Charlie Blair Elephant, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7 with host Eric Fiorillo. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor as a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7 today. Believe it or not, it's already the 6th of April, 2019. Um, before we get started, uh, everyone's been, everyone who's been listening knows that I'm working with Don G. Fardino and ADEX Clubs and Maces, and right now you can get the club kit. For $45 off when you mention MM19. Um, I just put up a brand new blog post yesterday. Uh, Donnie wrote, it really goes after the young kids. And it talks about mindsets. And we've talked about, and we're going to talk about in the next show, how with the ADEX Club, children... Like I was, we're going to bring our uh, pal Ryan Stewart in here shortly. I was just talking to him about my nephew, and you know, we were talking about kids and training and how exciting it is when they got that gleam in their eye and they're ready to go. Well, there's a lot of things that Donnie's done with kids with the club. So I would I would tell you to go out to adexclub.com, go out and look it all over. You get $45 off. That's quite a discount on these clubs because I believe they're around $250 a club. But they adjust, and there's nobody out there that makes an adjustable club. So you're not going to be in a jam where once you master one size, you got to go and buy another one. And that's the way most of these are set up. So go out to adexclub.com. You can also contact Donnie on his website. The number is there. And you can go out to Facebook and Don G. Fardino, um, contact him because he is one of the few people I know that will definitely get back to you no matter what. Very important in business. If you can't service your clientele, you're not going to be in business very long. It's like the 80-20 rule, all right? 20% of the, you know, 80% of the money is coming from 20% of the people doing it. The rest of them are starving to death and they don't understand why. Think about that. Also, stand up and take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Why? Because that's the only way to think. It's the only way to reprogram. It's the only way to start thinking and doing from the inside out. There's plenty of solo material I have done about it. There's going to be much, much more. I've got a solo one right now that's ready to go. I haven't recorded yet, but that'll be after Ryan's because um, I've still got to get Dr. Wong's up from yesterday, which Dr. Wong told me yesterday when we finished the show, we called it Conformity. He said it was the best show that we ever did, and he said... He enjoyed it the most out of all the years we've been on together, and we've done some smoking shows. Ryan and I, I'm going to bring him in, like I said, momentarily after we get done introducing everything. We're going to do a show today called Rocks. Um, 
And it's not going to be what you think it is. It is and it isn't. It's going to be very interesting. And it could be a series, literally, because there's so much to talk about. But we'll get to Ryan momentarily. Um, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc. That is a product. That's our premier product right now. There's 14 modules. There's enough material on there to keep you going for the rest of your life. And that's the thing. you got to be decisive and have clarity with everything you do. And as I talk about here... I have pledged and committed to being excellent all the time. And when you understand what that means, that will move you further and further into what you want to do and what you believe. And belief is so important. Clarity is so important. And these are what we do here. We teach like crazy, and we are going to teach more and more. And I've told Ryan and many other people, Ryan will be one of the people that I'll say, hey, look, we're going to meet at XYZ. There's going to be 10 of us. And right now we are sold out at 25,000 people to speak to him. And I would, I would, I know he would be there if he can do it. He'll be on stage with us too. We are going to take this show. As I said, it's going to be a national radio show. And the platform here is just gigantic. It's getting bigger and bigger. And Ryan, if you know Anthony, with, he does Utah Stones. And all the research he's done, and I get, I, I, I give him kudos, man, because, you know, every, it seems like more and more people I meet, oh, they've got everything, they're going to do this and that, but they never show up. This guy shows up, and we're going to talk a lot about what he is doing in the next few months, at least for the rest of the year, and we'll get in the rocks. But let, let's finish this up quick. Um, go out to um, FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Um, Get into our Prosperity Conscious page. It's a $25, dollars $100 investment, not donation, investment in FBC and M&M. It goes right to my um, uh, PayPal account. All the money's invested in the business. I don't keep any of it. I, I the, the business is my life. It is. It's, it's, it is unbelievably, uh, it, it's better than I ever thought it could be. I mean that, too. It is just outstanding to keep creating, figuring new ways. And like I told Ryan, you know, millionaire, millionaire, millionaire. I don't care. I'll be a billionaire. And I'll tell you why I've I've mentioned this. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, money's not everything. Okay. All right. Maybe it isn't to some people. But I'll tell you this. With what I want to do and the solutions and the things I want to create, it's going to take money. I told my nieces... You know, because obviously now with environmental things and this, that, and the other stuff they're into, I said, you know, I I take my hat off to you. Maybe I don't agree with everything you're talking about, but here's the deal. And I don't know if anyone's told you this, because I know a lot of people are down on people that make money. But let me tell you, honey, you're going to need money to go do these things. And I want to tell you now before you get to 25 and you can't figure why you're getting nothing done. You need money. If I want to go out and create products, I need money. If I want to host a meet, you can ask Ryan. He does them. They're not cheap. You need sponsorship. You need to be able to go out and speak to people. You need to go out and with urgency and be able to look people in the eye. I was telling Ryan, if you can't look people in the eye, as my pop said, and give them a firm handshake and they don't look at you, you walk away. My dad impressed that on me so much. So there's so many things. So get out there. You know, people are charging subscription. These shows are just incredible. I know what I'm getting, the feedback. 
Go out and break down $25 off 12 months. It's nothing. 50 nothing. 100 nothing. You spend that on friggin' uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee, for God's sakes. You know, it's like, put your priorities in order and stick with us. I'm telling you, you haven't seen anything yet. Also, go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Go out and look at all the shows Ryan and I have done. Go out and listen to them. Go out and re-listen to them. When you go out and re-listen to stuff, you're a changed person already. You're going to find gold every time you listen to Ryan and I. I guarantee you are. But you have to go out and commit to it. Do it. Also, too, sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. It goes right to my MailChimp account. And anything I put out, and you know we put content out, it'll go to your inbox. Also, another way to get involved with Motivation Muscle and Fiorello Barbell Company is invest in advertising here. To start off, it's only $250 a month, which is dirt cheap. And the thing is, I'll work my behind off for you. And that, and you'll get more than 250 out of me because I want to create a relationship that's going to be 30 years in the making. I want to make you money, and I want to make money, too. And I want us to make lots of money and be able to do the freedom things that we want to do. It's all about freedom. That's That, to me, it allows you to do the things you want to do. I don't want to work for anybody. I don't mind helping people. I respect. I could do that. But I love doing what I'm doing. And, and you know, Ryan, I'm sure, can attest. After you've done things like this, you're not the same male or female anymore. You have this direction. You know where you want to go. You get beat in the face, but yet you still keep coming. You know, it was like I was watching Rocky II the other night, and it was when um, Apollo Creed was trying to flush Rocky out, and he was in this meeting with Tony, his trainer, and a couple other guys. And he was like, what are you afraid of, Tony? And he said like this to him, He's all right. He's all wrong for his baby. That's how it was. He was like the man was beaten like nobody I ever seen beat. And he kept coming. He kept coming. That's Eminem. That's all the people involved here. They're all keep coming. How can you beat an opponent like that? You win. That's what it's all about. Think about that. Also, too, our Facebook or no, I'm sorry, our um. What's a, what is our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Power, Real Strength. And on that note, we're going to bring in a little info here about Ryan. Number one, he is the co-owner of Black Flag Strength and Fitness. He's a powerlifter, strongman, and Highland Games competitor. And obviously, he is the man that created Utah Stones, the page. And we're, we're going to, I can't wait for him to tell everybody what he's going to be doing this year because it's gigantic. But one of the things I admire about, especially what Ryan's doing here in the United States, because we know Martin Janzix is the guy across the water. But I feel what he has done here, and I know what we've done with this show, this is why this stuff is just lighting on fire. You see what these people are lifting and their attitudes. And, you know, a guy like Ryan, well, you'll hear it. He can converse. He's legible. You know what I mean? He's listenable. This, this is what we have to do. We have to have people that are not only strong, but can put the pedal right to the floor and explain. So I know that was long, brother, but welcome back. You know, it's always an honor to have you on Eminem. And thanks for coming in.
Thank you, sir. Yeah, definitely happy to be back. Always, always a good time coming on here. Why don't you give everybody, obviously, um, where they can get a hold of you, obviously, any of your, um, you know, your websites, and let's break into what's going on with you first, and it will hook it right in the rocks, if you don't mind. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So to get a hold of me or, or follow, I'm on Instagram, uh, Stu Squatch on Instagram. Uh, you can also follow our gym, Black Flag Strength and Fitness on there. And uh, on Facebook also, um, both the gym and me. Awesome. All right. Tell everybody what you're up to because you got some big things coming up in the next few months. So take it away. Yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um, me, my good buddy Nick Whalen, and my friend Mark Prouse, uh, we're all going to be going to Scandinavia to lift, well, one stone that is known, but very, very, very heavy. And uh, then we will be shooting up into Sweden to lift uh, twenty between 22 and 25 brand new historic stones, all massive massive history and uh you know we're going to try to do a good job of not only lifting these stones but uh we're going to try to make sure that we get a, an accurate weight on all of them as well as uh dig even further on the history even past what we know and try to kind of ask the locals to give us the lowdown on on all these new stones what i mean Obviously, we know the tour he did last year, which was gigantic. Um, What propelled now these two countries you're going to go to? I mean, was this something that you discovered, you know, recently, five years ago? I mean, obviously, it wasn't, you know, you had a lot to do last year. You had some massive triumphs everywhere. But... What was it? Why now? Why these two countries now? And had this been on your to-do list for a while, or was it just something you were out researching? You're like, hmm, I, 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 maybe this is somewhere we want to go. So, explain to everybody what transpired into all this. Well, you know, as we were getting ready for Iceland last year and doing a lot of translating, um, which translating the Icelandic language is absolutely miserable. It is just brutal. <laughs> Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, we were doing all that and, and, you know, Nick had asked me, you know, well, how do you how do you feel about Sweden and kind of threw an old article that he had dug up and uh, kind of threw it my direction. I'm like, well, you know, I don't really know much about it, but it's time to start digging. And yep. so before we even left Iceland at the end of May last year, we had kind of just started dabbling in, into the scandinavia area and found some stones right off the bat um i think it was just maybe maybe like one or two but kind of sent us down the path of the giant rabbit hole that you can go yeah yeah trying to research stones so that's where it started and then uh you know after we got back from iceland we both kind of look at each other and knew that that uh sweden scandinavia area was going to be next and really put the pedal to the metal on the research and man i i, I don't know that most people understand how much time how much effort goes into the research because it's not like you're just 
reading online and then that's it. No, there right. they are. I mean, it is translating a language that is completely foreign to you and trying to dig in a, in a language that you just, you don't understand. And yep. you spend a lot of time on the translators on Google and stuff like that. And, but we dug and dug and dug, put a ton of work in the both of us. And we were able to come up with between 22 and 25 new stones. And, uh, yeah, arranging in, in way, I mean, the one that's known that will hit there outside of uh, Copenhagen, Denmark is the mules old lifting stone. Okay. And, um, you know, it was originally brought over by the Vikings uh, from the Faroe Islands. And this information it was is known was on is on James Graham's uh, Old Man of the Stones website. Okay. And uh, one thing that was not accurate on there isn't is the weight. Uh, the guy who had put his hands on the stone and tried to lift it before, he he estimated it into be the the uh, high three hundreds, but we know now after talking to uh, Luke Reynolds, who is a tremendous stone lifter from Australia. Yep. Um, he said he told me it's basically right around four hundred and forty pounds. Whoa. Um, so we're going to attack that one a little bit different, uh, knowing that it's from the Faroe Islands and that it has a, a history there. There's a certain type of lift that is known to the Pharaohs. And, uh, but we're going to try to do a, a traditional have or hove lift. Um, and then we'll also try to chest the old mule. And, and we got our work cut out for us the second we step off the plane with that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Well, Ryan, let me ask you this. Um, could you give everybody somewhat of a description of it? I mean, I know that you can't, but I mean, are we talking. The shield style of like a Husafel? Are we talking round? Or are we just talking oblong all over the place? Is there anything that distinctly uh, sets it apart that you know of? Yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of has a it, – it's a different shape for sure. So it has one really flat side. Okay. And then the other side kind of comes to this – a little bit of a point. So it's got a really, really good uh, handhold. That's what I was going to uh, say. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, the grip isn't going to be the problem on this guy. It's going to be the overall mass and weight of it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we're going to, like I said, try to give it a, a whirl with a few different styles of stone lifts and kind of hope for the best. But I think we got a pretty good shot at it. We're both feeling pretty strong right now. That's good. And I'll say a word I know that pissed you off big time. Tacky. Yeah. Those- <laughs> I, I was so glad you made a comment about that. I, um, look, I get the whole thing about the way they want to grow this and that, and they want to have huge audiences because I'm trying to remember – it might have been Scott Shetler who was on here, and they, you know, they were all at the Arnold, and they were, you know, it's almost impossible, obviously, to get to that big stage where everybody is now, and they yeah. just happened to, it was like near the end of the day, and who who was competing? It was the last two competitors. Uh, it was Half Thor and um, Brian Shaw. Yeah. So they got the whole thing, but. Um, I don't know. I, I would hate to see uh, the the original Who's the Foul Stone, somebody going there with tacky yeah. and doing that. That would piss me um, off to no end. And that that's what burns me the most. And yeah. I have people really kind of 
you know, g- give me a hard time about it. Um, some pretty strong dudes. And like, you know, what's your problem? You're just trying to be an elitist stone lifter. And I'm like, well, you know, you can call me a weird elitist stone lifter if you like, which I embrace that. No, yep. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yep. No, I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you. But my thing is, is, you know, leave the tacky for the Atlas stones. I have no issue with that at all. Just tacky yeah. up yourself to high hell, lift the biggest Atlas stone you can. There, there's a place for that. It's called Strongman, and I'm good yep. with that. Yep. But no, you know, when you go through such a process to make it so traditional, you bring the stones in from Iceland, you make it look exactly like the Husafell stone. You make it, it, your own little goat pin on the stage. Yep. And then you, and then you let the guys tacky themselves up. Are you kidding me? Right. Right. I just, for me, so. No, I, I, I was very happy you uh, spoke up. Yeah, you know, it just, for me, that made it lose a lot of its luster. I was really excited going into it. And then once I saw that, I lost all drive to even watch it. I turned it off halfway through. But, you know, on top of that, for me, it just sets a bad example. Because, I mean, some asshole is going to see that and go go to Husafel and and say, hey, you know, I saw it at the Arnold. This isn't allowed. What? Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, or, or they'll do it, you know, I mean, you read back the history where they used to start it off the stones, you know, in, around the sheep pen there and that and this and that. I just think that, like I said, this is a double-edged sword now. It, you know, yeah. you want to see this stuff grow. You really do. But yeah. you want it to grow with the right people, too. And unfortunately, in everything that we dabble in, it doesn't matter what it is. You're always going to get people in there that, aren't going to play by the rules if they can, you know, uh, just fudge their way through. That's the way it is. And that's one thing I said to Ryan before we came on. You know, you either do it or you don't. That's what I love about stones, sandbags, anything like that. And it's the same with the weight room when you're doing some really nasty stuff. You know, you either get it or you don't. And anybody that's going to sit there, well, we all have bad days. I mean, nobody going into anything is perfect that day but there are some days where you're like what the hell happened man well you know you got to stay with the good with the bad and that's the thing and 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 this moves right into all right so we got one stone two stones how many stones are we talking about between scandinavia sweden what what is what is the total you want to go after and obviously i know you want to do every one of them you and nick so what yep. do we have for a total here, Ryan? Uh, I, I, be, I believe it's 22 is what we have. Um, we actually had 25, I think, located, but there, there's two or three of them that were so far the other direction, so far off the beaten path that it, it's going to have to come at a later time. Uh, we're going to spend essentially seven to eight days straight lifting as many of them as we can. Uh, like I said, we'll start with the old mule, mule's yep. old lifting stone, and, and that, that's a monster, and we hit it first. But then we uh, work our way up, and um, it's, it's, this, it's basically the southern quarter of the country that we'll be in. And, um, I mean, stones all the way up to the high 300s, but what makes the, the, the sweetest stones so difficult is how round they are. It is just going to murder your hands, forearms, yep. biceps. Yep. yep. Um, and, 
but that's what that's what they wanted. That's the reason why they chose those stones to test people was uh, they're called of the farmer's hands. So oh, wow, yeah, actually test the farmer's strength or the the young farmers to make sure that they are strong enough to be hands on the farm. Otherwise, if they can't lift it, they have other jobs for them to do, which I'm sure inside in the house. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Uh, Doing but, less manly things. <laughs> well, absolutely. But I love – so what What are we what – are you know, we know how spaced out travel is in Iceland. You know, it can take you hours to get to the other side of the fjords and all this. Yeah. Are we talking – Long drives, I mean, destination-wise, or where these stones are located, or is it more closely knit? And obviously, you know, you have to work out where you're going to stay and eat, obviously, and all that. So is it the same as, like, going to Husafel and Lotra and et cetera, et cetera? No, no. It's actually a little bit more like Scotland, where it's a little bit more tight-knit. I would compare the landmass that we will be covering to the entire size size of Scotland. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it's a fairly big territory that we'll be covering, but we will have lots of stones. So instead of you know, like from Husafell to the West Fjords to yep. uh, at Atra, I mean that is as a long drive. drive. Yeah, it's huge. And, it's- uh, yeah, so we won't have anything that like that. I mean, Iceland okay. kind of is in its own world when it comes to how far you have to drive for stones and how heavy they are and all that. Yeah, but because no, it'll be more like Scotland. Yeah, because obviously, you know, you know, you're going to be hurt. I remember you talking about when you got back. I mean, you were just aching, and yeah. it's not going to change with this either. And that's going to be real interesting because you're going to be going up against stuff you've never met up with. I love it. I think it is, uh, man, you got to be just like jacked out of your skull right now. I'd be like, oh, wow. So and, excited. And, so it, yeah, I mean, not only that, just the work you and Nick have done. I mean, that you know, you're right on the money. Translation, this stuff is not, you know, it's going to be pretty hard to Google stuff and find all this material. I mean, you've got to be somebody that's got to be very astute, and hopefully there's people you talk to, people that can help you out, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing I like what you're doing is now you write the book on it. That's the cool thing. And I don't mean literally write the book, but I'm just saying, hey, I want to go where you guys went last year. Could you tell me how I got to get there or what I've got to do to get there? It's important because just where do I fly in here? You know, where do I rent a car? You know, where do I stay? Those are things, man, that a lot of times you really don't know, you know, and that stuff, that stuff really can kill a trip, man. It really can. People don't realize that. It's very important. And this kind of leads right into rocks today because I'm sure Ryan's heard it enough. I hear it a lot here, whether it's on the Etched in Stone pages or I get notes. And I've got no problem with this. I, I help anybody out I can. But a lot of people, the question is, how do I begin to lift stones? rocks and you know (laughs) i'm sure we've all got different ways and and you know ryan made the comment too and and i have and so many people i mean hands a lot of times are not they're very overlooked fingers are overlooked wrists are overlooked forearms are overlooked 
Um, the bicep plays a big game here with it. We've done shows with Bill Crawford on the bicep and with Martin. Um, you know, coming from a tear, I can tell you, um, I don't take that for granted at all anymore. And it's very important. But, you know, people have asked me, and I'm like, well, you know, Mark Haydock. I mean, the guy is phenomenal stone lifter. I mean, you watch him walk in the dinnies. I mean, what did he do? He sheared his Achilles in half a couple of years ago, and he still carried the thing, okay? And he healed and blah, blah, blah. And Mark's been on here a number of times. What is what is the movement you don't feel you can live without? Trap bar deadlift. Period. Yeah. You know, I've heard that from Lee Holland Keene when she was on here, Charlie Oliphant, all these guys, all right? All right, so... I'm going to come to Ryan Stewart right now and say, Ryan, I don't have a lot of experience because I'm not going to say to Ryan like what I hear, and I'm sure he hears it. I'll hear from people that haven't done it and say, well, I want to go out and find a 300-pound stone. I said, well, wouldn't you like to be able to lift a 200-pounder or (laughs) even a 100-pounder? Well, I said, this is not a barbell, my friend. This is what you call – well, they use every damn name, but I'll tell you what, I just use them as this is something that could, could do everything from kill you to break your feet off you. So this is it. So I come to Ryan. Obviously, I know Ryan's a big-time stone lifter. He's a gym owner. He's got oodles of experience, and obviously he can speak to people. Ryan, what do I do? I, I, you know, And I'm going to come to you like I hear it. I, I, I want to lift a 300-pound stone. What what, you, what what is what is the verbiage I'm going to hear back from you? Well, um, and that's just it. If it's somebody who's just new to stones and getting into stones, you know, it's definitely a completely different animal than getting ready for a stone tour. They're they're completely separate sides of the spectrum. Even though you would think they would be very similar, they're not. And but for somebody who is get just getting into it and trying to get better, work their way up to a 300-pound stone, um, I would say the number one thing is work on your squat, work on your deadlift. Now, the thing with the squat that works the best for me is a very low-box box squat. The carryover to your hips is huge. Coming from a dead stop the same way you would with a stone. Yep. Lots and lots of carryover. Um, your deadlift is the ceiling. So the higher your deadlift is, the bigger yep. your ceiling is, and the bigger stones you have potential for. Now, you do need to obviously start with the lighter stones. Just start working, getting a feel with lighter stones. You don't have to go crazy. And the idea is to make that capacity for stones as high as you can to that ceiling of where your deadlift is. So, you know, there's been guys who are not tremendous deadlifters, you know, that have, you know, we'll say a 550 pound deadlift, but it doesn't matter. Their stone capacity is so massive. And I mean, they can lift 400 plus pound stones. So they've maximized what they can do with stones compared to what their deadlift is. And, Mm -hmm. You just you can't let one go. The second you stop deadlifting and deadlifting heavy, you're lowering that ceiling for what you can handle with stones. Yeah, I agree totally. Um, 
What's your feeling on the trap bar? Do you use them, or do you stay with an Olympic bar or Texas Power, whatever? What what do you, what is your uh, thoughts on a trap bar? Well, uh, for Denny training, there's there's nothing like it. I mean, okay. trap bars are the way to go for Denny training. Um, anything Denny related, trap bars are money. But yeah. Um, for this type of training for the, for doing, uh, traditional stone lifts, I actually feel that the regular deadlift is by far superior because you want everything to be out front. You want that right. center of gravity to be forward. Whereas a trap bar, it is very much down the midline of your body. Correct. So yeah, you got to get used to things being really far out front and really awkward and, if you if you can even put yourself in a worse position where everybody's trying to maximize the weight that they're lifting by keeping the center of gravity close, no, no, no. Go for stone lifting. Go the other way. Mm-hmm. Get way out in front. Do like straight like the deadlifts that are away from the body, so that you're getting used to lifting from just awful, terrible leverages. Because then when you go over to the stones, they will fly up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what I do with the steel stones that we designed here is I've got setups both outside with hanging chains, and I've got a whole setup that we built that fits into the power rack. So I can pull that thing any way I want, you know, out in front of me, obviously. But when I hang it from those chains, when you're talking about stuff like moving away from you, yeah. That that shit you got to pull that in, or that thing is moving away from you. And I've lifted it both ways. I love to do it because to me it's so damn close to what you're going to be meeting up with. You know, I think the I think the uh, deadlift with the bar is absolutely essential. I do them both. Um, yeah. A thing that I've done, and we talked about this on shows. I felt when I was in Iceland the last time, and maybe it was just me. I felt that when you go to lift that Husafell at times, it, w- it would try to pull forward on me. And yeah. being you have one tear, you're always interested in keeping everything else in good shape. And I set this thing up. I've got six-by-sixes lagged right into the side of my garage. And we've got homemade dip bars built right into them. I've got the chains for the uh, Husafell, Husa Steels. Yeah. And we did a thing with electrical my buddy's an electrician. I said, I wanna have dumbbells hanging from here that if I get caught I can crawl out. He says we got them, we use them in electricity and basically these are hanging from tow chains and they're they're all wrapped um steel, wrapped in plastic, so it comes down and then it comes to a fork in the road, and each fork has a round um, circle that's built right into it. Well, here's the thing, folks. I just felt that that peck insertion was vital, at least to me. Most people are like, ah, well, okay, I, I thought differently. We set that thing up. I'll tell you, Ryan, it's absolutely beautiful. You can put a one-inch, two-inch handle in there, strictly dumbbell. You get under that thing, so I'm laying on the lawn, and those babies are suspended right over my head, and everything's a dead stop. Obviously, you push them up, you can't get it. You can't get the rep. Who cares, man? You let it down slow. They're swinging. All you do is turn to the left or to the right, and you crawl right out from under them. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's a great way to do things because I'm a big believer too. Is you know I do I love doing floor presses with the Apollo and Axle, but close grip mainly because I think with the Husa fouls especially you really and I think anything you're going to carry, you need to build the center of the pecs big time. I, I'm just a believer in that because I just know from walking with that stuff it lays so heavy on your chest, and when you've got a 90 degree day and the humidity, you could cut with a knife. That makes a big difference when you're carrying something. Um, breathing. I mean, let's face it, you don't breathe, you don't live anymore. So, you know, things like that, that that work for me, that I've passed on to people that, you know, maybe they do it, maybe they don't. But I feel there's just some things, you know, you got to have a deadlift. you got to actually work the stones and, and squatting. That's why I love doing everything dead start. You know, you're doing them box squats. Why do you think I say to people, you know, no rebound, come out of the hole, take yep. your chance. You know, instead of instead of saying, well, I don't know, my whole thing is, well, let's take a risk and see what we got here. You're in a rack. You're totally safe. If you got to dump it, you're okay. You know, it's yep. not like you're doing more than you can handle and you don't have anybody left or right or behind you. And, and you know, the chances of you getting injured are very, very real there. So, yeah. Okay. What else do you like? I mean, do you like, obviously, well, we know we got to walk with them. Do you get into yeah. farmer's walks, anything like that? What, well, and, and one other thing I don't want to forget, and I can't forget this. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we'll hit this. Let's talk a little bit about grip, too, with all this stuff, because as we yeah. just said, as we talked about earlier in the show, you talked about these stones do have handholds and where we know the, the Husafel is very hard to find a handhold anywhere. So take it away. Yeah. You know, good mornings are another good one, but in the reason being your hips shoot back, the, the bar is loaded way out in front on your shoulders, you know, preferably with a giant camber bar or a safety squat bar. But again, you're getting that center of gravity out in front. You're making it super awkward because that's what everything's going to be like out and about. Yep. Um, for me, you know, stuff like uh, the reverse hyper, the glute ham, yep. anything that is just murdering your posterior chain is going to be good for your stone lifting. Yep. Because, uh, man, it, you get out there and there, there's not a lot of knee bend. Either. There's not as much as you would think. With smaller stones, so you can really get down, grab it in the legs but as stones get bigger and bigger and bigger your stance modifies everything gets to be a little bit more straight legged your stance gets a little bit wider just everything gets awkward so Mm -hmm. you just have to kind of simulate that same stance uh, those same leverages or lack thereof in the gym in order to have it convert to those stones. Now, as far as grip goes, um, there's a couple things I really like. Uh, one is the bucket of rice. Okay. Uh, getting your fist in there and just grinding until you can't grind anymore. And the amount of blood flow that you have, oh. hands and your forearm, I mean, it lights you up. <laughs> let alone, let alone, you gotta be freezing like crazy, huh? Oh man. Well, the, rice, not ice. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, rice. Ice. Yeah, bad. Yeah, you get, just go to Costco, get yourself one of those giant sure. bags of rice, dump it in a five-gallon Home Depot bucket, and go to town. 
just grind your hands in there until the, you just can't do it anymore. And I was doing it for time a lot before Iceland, uh, trying to just kind of up it, up the endurance of it, up the strength of it. And, uh, boy, if, if you had any elbow tendonitis before, after doing the, the bucket of rice, it all goes away because your extensors and your forearms just absolutely go crazy. Yeah. Nice. Um, do you like, you, you mess around with, you know, the Apollo and wrist curls. What do you like to, what else do you like to do? No, actually, you know, for, um, for the hand strength and wrist strength, um, I actually kind of during the off season push the the natural stones to only be in I'd say about twenty five percent of my stone training, okay. and I go tackyless atlas stones. They're so round, they're so smooth that I mean you have to start with a lighter weight, and uh, man, it makes your fingers and your wrists so strong lifting those uh, tackyless atlas stones. Yep. It, it really goes a long way towards your stone lifting. That's some awesome stuff. Well, all right, and I want to follow it up with this. So you did the big stone tour in eighteen. Yeah. What What did you learn from that? Where Where do you? Th- I mean, obviously you had the bases covered as far as you knew before getting there. What yeah. What did you learn from that experience? Where did you feel you had to get better, or did you? Um, did you find links with the, the grip? Did you find links in the hip girdle? You know, obviously we know I've got, I've read old articles out of the old Perry Raider Iron Ma- or Iron Man, you know, where they show the erectors of some of these Bulgarians and Russians and all that. And literally like a hollows picture, yeah. you can put your fist, you can lose your fist and probably a quarter of your forearms in their back. And Perry was always like, erectors usually are the make or break of lifting anything heavy. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. What did you find when you got back? I mean, you probably were thinking the whole time. Anyways, what did you feel that you needed more of, if anything, to succeed now that you're going to go to Sweden and Scandinavia, obviously? Well, yeah, we were very, very fortunate in Iceland to not only lift the big – uh, was the big nine that are there, but we also found the additional ones. So we actually ended up doing more stones than we originally thought. Um, we were very fortunate that we did not fail on a single stone. Um, okay. Whereas failing on a stone really teaches you where your weak point is and where it's wrong. So actually when I got home and I continued to go crazy on our, our Utah stones of strength, like I didn't stop. I just figured, you know, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> just just hammered out uh, a couple goes couple days of uh utah stones of strength and and uh, took a couple of my buddies with me and you know the the one thing that i'm starting to see is the limit now is like i said the stance as the stones get bigger your power stance um you can't that comfortable power stance you're not there anymore it's okay it's yeah legs out yeah. And as your legs go out, if you're not used to that stance in your squat or in your deadlift, you know, you're very, very weak in that point. So for me, I've noticed that the, my limiting factor is the girth of these big stones and that I have to really modify my training to get better with the, the enormity of these giant circumference stones. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's more. It's 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 less about a certain thing here, certain thing there. 
it's more just trying to get powerful in a stance that I was not comfortable with before. So are you using then the wider stance, obviously, with your deadlift to, to uh, conquer that beast then? Is that what you're doing to strengthen that, or, or what, what else are you getting into at that point? Yeah, um, I've had to. We brought Laura Phelps in, uh, powerlifting legend out of Westside Barbell. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I'm a very conjugate system trainer. And, um, that's the way I've trained myself for almost 20 years now. Right. And one thing that she really emphasized with us was the width of our stance on our box squats. Okay. And working not only the outside, but working inside, really changing that stance. And for me, that's been a huge carryover to my stones is starting really wide on my dynamic effort days. Um, and just, just throwing a mix of different stances in gotcha. instead, of yeah. just, yep. instead of just having your normal stance that everybody's comfortable with and everybody's strong with. No, yep. I mean, make yourself uncomfortable and go to different stances with your squat. No, I agree. Um, if there, if, if you, you know, you've been around enough stone lifters, you've seen a lot of them through the years. What do you see as usually if there's a breakdown? And I know there could be a number of reasons why. Is there a commonality in your in your mind's eye when you see these guys fail? Do you see a pattern commonality of what it is where you're saying, geez, you know, um, obviously a stance, obviously maybe they don't have the erectors they need or the lower back, obviously, to pull these or their forearms aren't big enough, they can't squeeze this thing, they've got the power, but they just can't hold it. What do you see in your eye where where there's a lot of failure? Uh, number one is the grip. Um, yep. yeah, that's the thing that you see fail first and foremost. When you grab a hold of the stone and they tug and their hands just let go and slide, uh, that's very, very common, especially in this day and age with all the, the bros that you see at the gym. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, hand strength is definitely a big issue. Um, the Actually, where the placement of the stone when they go to chest or shoulder it, I think that is probably the number one killer of, of ruining a completed lift. They, they place a stone too high on their chest. Um, the way I've explained it to people lately is put peck over stone or boob over stone for the females. Right. And crazy as that sounds, I mean, as long as you stick to that rule of thumb, yep. your center of gravity is so much better. And it makes a stone feel 50 pounds lighter. Whereas if you just raise that stone three inches up your chest, I mean, it feels like it's a 400-pound stone right. and it's only three. Right. So, yeah, just got to really manage the location of where you're bringing that stone in as you go to rise to chest it or shoulder it. It's actually a little lower than you think. You know, it's real interesting leverages, you know, um, yeah. how it can make or break you so easy. You know, you make that mention of just how you raise it to the shoulder. Um you know, I and we're all guilty of it. I mean, I you know, the main thing I see with all this is you need to get some experience. You know, you need to, you know, get scuffed up a little bit. You need to get, well, you're going to meet a lot of defeat with this stuff. But, you know, the whole thing is this. Um, this is why 
Stone, I mean, yeah, it's caught fire the last three years, without a doubt. But, you know, you look at the stuff that's out there, which I don't believe much of it anyways, and then I'm saying to myself, oh, you can do that. But, you know, I'd like to stick a 200-pound stone in front of you and say, lift it. You know, because you and I both know, I hear people, like I talk to people, or they come all over here, and, you know, numbers is a funny thing. You know, well, I got a 500-pound deadlift. Okay, that's great. Now go lift that 200-pound stone. Maybe it comes up, maybe it doesn't. And, man, you've had to see it. I've seen it. You want to talk about somebody who gets pissed off real bad? Woo-hoo! And they'll keep, go- they'll keep going at it, and they'll go at it, and it doesn't come up, or they'll cut themselves, and they're flipping out. That's the thing with this stuff. You know, what do you – I think Steve Jack used to say – Barbells are made to be lifted, but stones are defiant. I love yeah. that line. I mean, what a line, man. And it is true. They are defiant. Even, like you know, Jason Gillen, you know, he's been doing a lot of stuff. I talked to him last night on the phone. Like Clint Darden. I mean, just, you know, Clint Darden has got to be one of the nicest guys I've ever met, you know, without meeting him. And, you know, Clint's gone through a lot of stuff. I mean, he's got cancer, and you see him, you know, hoisting a 200-plus-pound sandbag overhead, and his his little boy's got autism, and, you know, he, he just can't come on like he used to because that's his prime responsibility all the time. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about the sandbags, and Jason and I are going to be doing a big show in May on them because just – just what they can do for you, you know, number one, it's cheap. You know, yeah. you're not out investing tons of money in, in equipment. Number two, you and I both know they got mega returns on them. And really, I anybody that comes here that even thinks about stones, they don't do anything. They got to do two things here. Master your body weight, which is what we do, and then we'll move into the weights or – if you want to go to Stones, you're going to li- you're going to lift sandbags for at least a year here, period. And oh, yeah. you know what I mean, Ryan? It's like, well, you know, well, it's 50 here and well, and 40 there. I said, well, that's why we have these big bags, and then the smaller bags all tagged with what the weight is, and we just start filling that monster up, and we rope tie it, and then we go to the dollar store and buy 25 rolls of uh, duct tape because I'm not spending $8 on a roll when we're ripping these things in shreds, and here we go. And it's a phenomenal way to train. I mean, there's nothing you can't do with a rock or a sandbag. And the thing is, one thing that I'm very um, careful of with people is, you know, you know, I mean, I've dropped rocks on my feet. I've dropped sandbags on my shins, etc. Um, you never want to break anything, especially with somebody that is employing you. And the thing is, um, it, it, it's a much easier, well, I don't like using that word easy. It's much more teachable initially because people, for some reason, at least who come here, maybe it's an East Coast thing. They don't seem real intimidated by a sandbag, but man, if I roll even a 50 pounds or that 61 sphere Danny lifted, they're kind of like making faces at it a little bit. You know, it's like, um, 
I don't know about that. I'm like, well, this is why we do what we do, man, to prepare you, to get you toughened up both mentally, physically, and spiritually. And then if you decide you want to do it, and I will say this, anybody that's come here and lifted sandbags has always gravitated towards stone. So there's definitely something very intrinsic about a stone. And I always say DNA, DNA, DNA. It's in all of us. It just, it's, do you go and train with Ryan, or you come and train with Eric, or you train with both? That's the point I'm making. There's just something about it when you start doing all these things. You want to automatically move in. You know, Ryan could have ten stones there, and you're messing around with some sandbags, and you know damn well he's watching you. But you're looking off a little bit to the right, and what are you looking at? You're looking at that row of stones. So yeah. that's what I love about this so much is – it's one of the few things you can do that not only is we've been doing this stuff since we've been put on the earth, male and female both. Um, and I do believe that we all have that gene in us to do it. And I just love you unleash that stuff. I mean, think about yourself right here. 2019. Did you ever think 10 years ago? Maybe you did. But did you ever think 10 years ago you would have been in Iceland? No. Okay. No. Um, you know, you, 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 you see it, you know of it. Um, and, you know, 10 years ago, I was, wow, oh boy, I was fin- finishing up uh, some strongman training and you know, diving headfirst into Highland Games right, and stuff. Right, right, right. No, no, you, you definitely, uh, you don't. you don't see yourself going to Iceland and lifting 17. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, and, and, and now and now you're going and doing a big voyage again. I mean, um, it's just absolutely amazing. I tell people, just never say never. You, you don't know what is going to happen, what's going to transpire, who's going to come in and out of your life. It's like have an open door policy. You know, when you're, you know, you're going out learning, you and Nick, all about the history of these stones in Sweden and Scandinavia. You're going to have many, many, not only pictures and video to show, but you're going to have an awful lot of stories to tell, man. That's what this is all about to me. When you can tell a story, man, you can bring anybody in. I don't care if they're 90 years old. People love to hear stories. They love to hear the underdog. The underdog went and did it. The underdog... Well, I've lifted up. It doesn't matter. People want to hear things like that. That inspires others. That's what I love. Um... We'll do one more question, too, before we end today's show, is this. At this point, you know, obviously, there's an awful lot more stones we know in the world. Um, when you get back from this voyage, obviously, we got to get you on, um, and I want to hear all about it. Um, and any film you want to put up or whatever, that'd be appreciated, is this. Is there going to come a point where... Um, Enough's enough, or you think you're going to be going for another 20, 30 years with this stuff? I mean, and it's not impossible, we know, either, as long as you stay pretty healthy, because you can stone lift any size. We know, you know, I always say, well, there's going to come a day when I'm not going to be lifting those big animals, probably, because I might be a 65, 70-year-old guy. That doesn't mean I can't lift a 250 easy. So, what do you think, man? I mean, are, are we getting a little bit ahead of the game here with your life, but... 
What do you think, voyage-wise? Um, you know, I, I definitely see more uh, more tours in, in the future. There's there's a lot of places that not only are yet to be discovered that, I mean, we've yep. done homework on and dug deep and, you know, found some other locations. They just are, are coming after this. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy – the stones of Iceland, I, I, there's still more for me to lift in Scotland that I haven't touched yet. Um, I, I would like to go back to Scotland and, yeah. and kind of lock up uh, the rest of them that I haven't done. And uh, But, yeah, there, I, I think the importance for both me and Nick, uh, and you know, I'm, I'll speak for him on this because I know he feels the same way. Is, sure. The new stones, the the history. I mean, we're such nerds, not just with the actual lifting of the stones, but the history that goes yeah. into it and, and learning about it and where it came from and why and how long it's been there. I mean, that really is the bulk of the fun for the both of us is we really enjoy that aspect. And yeah, so, so new new ones, new countries, stuff like that are, are definitely high on the list. And as far as lifting stones, man, I'm going to do it until my body just absolutely says no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I think it's fa- fantastic. I wish more people had that attitude. Um, but, yeah. you know, you're in it for the long haul. That's why you're successful. You know, when you're only going to say, oh, I'm only going to do it a couple of years, well, Okay, you know, uh, all the success to you, but chances are you're not going to have a lot of success. I mean, um, everything, as we know, is a sequence of events. And I'm not saying you got to get way, way out ahead of yourself, but obviously you guys have done the research. You know where you're going this year. We'll find out where you're going to go again, I hope, in 2020 and go from there. And I just think what that creates is a level of excitement in you where, um, you know, I just don't – I don't see a lot of failure and stuff like that because, you know, I'm looking at what you're doing, even though I'm not there with you. I mean, obviously, you're just building on top of building on top of building. And that's what people, you know, that's why I think, Ryan, why the fitness industry, and I don't even like using it. You know, we like physical culture, but most people wouldn't attest to it, let alone know even what the hell it is. Um Everybody's jumping around all over the place. What's the latest machine? What's the latest fad? What's the latest kettlebell? What's this? What's that? What's this? What's that? How are you ever going to get good at anything if you're just jumping around? Correct. Correct. And and, and this is not, you know, I'm sure in your gym you established this, but I've been in enough places, talked to enough people. That didn't work for me. Why should I stay with it? Well, that creates a pattern. And when you're yeah. creating patterns where it doesn't happen for you right away, nothing's going to happen for you right away then. You know, and yeah. that ble- that bleeds into everything. And that's why I say, if there's something you really love and you're passionate and, and you know, you're like Ryan and Nick where you're out digging holes everywhere to find, okay, where did this originate and all that, that becomes, you know, that, that is your DNA. That becomes part of you. You can't shut that down, man. What did I say? It's like, you know, I talk about the universe and, you know, what you think about most is coming to you. You know, Napoleon Hill was huge with that in his book, uh, Earl Nightingale. And it's true. 
you think about things like that, the people, places, and events are going to come to you. Yeah. But you've got to know what to ask, what to think, and have just a little bit of patience. You don't need a lot, but it will come. And I mean that because I'm telling you right here, sitting here, I've had this more and more happen to me lately. You know, six months ago when I said the downloads doubled on the show, this wasn't just wishful thinking. You know, yeah. this was taking a pen and a pad of paper and putting down what I wanted, renewing it, rethinking it constantly, constantly putting things in my head from other authors, reading other books. This is all about, I mean, if Ryan wasn't going to be a student of this stuff and go out and dig and read and all that, he'd have nothing right now. All right. So I want to ask you one last question. I know you haven't been to either place yet, but you've been enough places, especially in 18 and lifted some big name stones to this date. What do you feel was the greatest stone you lifted? Oh, man. Oh, killing me. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Give me your top two. Oh, I'm gonna have to go. Um, top two, I would say. Uh, Brynjolf stack, and I would say. Oh man, with the history behind Husafell, uh, it would be I crazy. I was gonna say, yeah. I was going to say, if you didn't say, yeah, um, I still think, you know, everybody says it, it is, um, I don't know, maybe they don't agree, but you know, Anthony, you read, or I talk to you guys or anybody, you know, I still think the Husafel is the greatest manhood stone, but I'm sure other people would argue the fact it's not. But the point of the matter I like about the Husafel more than anything, is you got to pick that thing up. You've got to strangle it, basically. You're not walking on anything that is made really to walk on. I mean, it's not blacktop. It's not even. And um, you got to get around 50 meters. And yeah. it's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, um, it's very interesting. And um, I can't wait to get back there. Who spells it? You know, it's such a different animal. Yep. It, being that the shape, the weight the walk it's very different than every stone out there uh, i mean there's no other challenge like it and e even with uh the leg steen it is yep. a walking challenge it is crazy heavy yep. and it is short distance and oh man i love that stone to death too but yeah with the history behind Husafel, the way the challenge is the way that it's set up uh the location i mean everything about it is pretty magical yeah. and yeah it, and the other one that kind of really ranks high for me also is the fiana oh there yeah in scotland i mean yep. it's just i mean the massive massive amount of history the location everything about that stone too is just an awesome awesome thing it is, but, man. Go, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Yeah. I mean, every stone is very different, and your love for it is very yeah. different. Um, it's like, it'd be I like you just have to get into st the stones that, that I, I didn't particularly enjoy the most is more. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, you, you know, you hit it on the head. I equate it to, like, you have a number of kids. Each kid is different. They're unique in your eyes in a different way. You love them all the same, but they're all a little bit different. I want to ask you one last question, though, and it is about the Husafel stone. Mm -hmm. 
when you pick that beast up and you locked it and you took off, obviously you're so dialed in. But I wanna I want the audience to, to hear this if there is anything to this point here. When you're walking that stone, do you remember anything, any thoughts when you're going? Because I know you, you got to move that fast and you don't have time for any BS. But yeah. was there anything that you can recall going through your head as you were coming? And when you put it down, what was the first thing you said or thought? Um, you know, the, the pick. I was a little worried about going in and, and Nick kind of laughed at me and He's like, no, he goes, the, the pick's not going to be a problem for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was, was super, super worried about that. And I got a little bit warmed up, but nothing crazy. It was just sheer adrenaline. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't really remember much about my warm-ups at all. I, That's it's what I kind figured. Of a yep. blur. Yep. Um, I do remember going down to, to pick the stone. And then getting it to the lap and then kind of gathering it. And then the second I gathered it, I'm like, okay, I can do this. Boom. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And it, it is crazy heavy, but I was, the second I had it lapped, I was like, okay, I got it. Yep. And yeah, as you take off and it's just breathe, 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 because you just, if that oxygen stops coming in, your muscles stop working. Drop. It's just go, go, yep. go. But it, yep. it's so slick. It's just, I had to regrip and stuff on, yep. on it. Yep. And yeah, it, it is incredibly difficult. And, but yeah, as far as what went through my head, through the entire walk itself, nothing. Yeah, just, that's what I figured. Yep. Yeah. Adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. And then, oh man, I, I don't know that there is a greater feeling in the entire world. Yeah, setting that sucker down after you've gone the full full distance, it is it is an awesome thing. It is an awesome feeling, and oh man, just just nothing like it. Oh yeah, I mean all that work, everything culminates right to there, and you can just stand. You know, I I don't know what will happen this time, um, but I can tell you this: this time it's going to not only be right, but just to come around and hold it before I put it down after completing it, 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 it'll probably be euphoric for me. I mean, I'm not a guy that tears up or cries. I, I could potentially probably start bawling after doing something like that. Well, it's funny you say that because that kind of happened to me in the car when we, yep. we got in to, to start driving to the West Fjords. Is, it was one yep. of those things where I kind of just had to take a deep breath. And, yeah, yeah. I kind of got teary-eyed. And I was like, I looked at my wife, and I was like, man, the amount of work that went into this, it just most people will, will never understand. Yeah, do you realize what you did? I mean, think about that. You're, you're a very minute in the world of stone lifting that's ever done that. Think about that. I mean, yeah. that there in itself is just astronomical. It, it, it is it's something no one, unless you do something like that, could ever fathom in their life. Because there's two potentials with that stone. In my, well, three. Number one, it could kill you, literally. Yeah. Number two, obviously, you know, we get tears like I did. And number three, you make it around and you just celebrated the time of your life. Because you've triumphed over something that, you know, when when people say to you, and I'm sure you hear it, they'll say to me, you want to go back there and do that stuff again? I said, yep. Yeah. Why? Why? What do you mean, why? 
Why not? And how do you explain to somebody that something that you love to do means so much to you and you're going to fly halfway around the world and you're going to pluck yourself in some hotel and you're going to prepare yourself and you're going to do it, all right? Most people can't do that. And this is where all this stuff just separates from everything because I tell people – you know, I played a lot of sports, but nothing has ever matched up with this stuff. And the thing I like about this more, you know, we talk about, like, John McKean and Art who passed away and all these guys. I mean, these guys, you know, Art was in his 90s and still deadlifting in the threes, man. How many things can you do in the world through sports of that nature at that age? I don't know of any others but what we like to do. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. And yeah, it, it kind of comes down to, again, with the stone tours, just being such a different animal. I mean, the amount of months of work to make it to where your body can hold up to just a yep. relentless beating for seven, eight, nine days in a row. I mean, it is, it's extreme. And yeah. Boy, the, the relief when you're done, the excitement when you're there, when you're done, there's absolutely nothing that, that beats it. I mean, you put your body through absolute hell for eight, nine months just to do seven days in another country. I agree with you, and we'll wind this up, but I'll leave this with this, and I'll let you summarize and give your info. In Rocky Balboa, because everyone knows how much I love Rocky films, and that was the last one he did, and it was killer. And I remember him talking to little Marie's son, and he said this, and I never forgot it, because when when I'm doing other things I don't want to be doing to keep this place rolling, he said, the harder you work, the stronger your head gets, folks. The harder you work, think about it stronger your head gets it makes your head stronger if you want like ryan saying you put the time in that's what we all talk about you're doing all this work which is breaking you you're on your knees some days not even knowing if you're gonna make it through the workout let alone the next one but you know what you will make it and in the end when you're in iceland lifting that monster called husafel you can stand there and have all the pride and everything you've ever thought of because you know what? You did it. Nobody, look, nobody can lift that stone for you. Ryan's wife, uh, you know, Nick, all these people that were there. You yep. know, come on, Ryan, let's go. You, you, most of that you won't even hear. The bottom line is it's great to have support. We all need that. But the bottom line is I'm not lifting that for Ryan. I'd like to help him, but I can't. You know, he's got to go and line himself up and rip that off the ground and take off. Pure adrenaline, like he said. So I'll leave it at that. Um, Ryan, uh, summarize anything you like on the show. Give out all your info. I'll give mine and hang on the line, please. Uh, again, yeah, just uh, if you want to contact me or, or follow myself or the gym, uh, Black Flag Strength and Fitness. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram uh, website. Just Google Black Flag Strength and Fitness. It'll pop up. Um, yeah, yeah. You can find us on, on all the social media. And 
man, thanks thanks for having me on, Eric. Uh, oh, anytime, man. Great show. Great, great show. Good, good, good stuff, man. This is uh, this is the stuff that makes champions in the world, man. If you really want it, you listen to this thing a hundred times, you're gonna find gold in every listen. So. No, I appreciate you being on. This is uh, Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com or FiorelloBarbell.com. If there's a show you'd like Ryan and I to do, I'm sure we can pull one off for you. So be specific on your requests. That's all I ask for. Um, We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcast, among many other things. We're on AHA Directory, which you can get in your car. That's 24-7 M&M. It's pronounced AHA, A-H-A. Also, if someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words can inspire somebody to do some great things. You heard us say tons of five words here. It will make you the best you want to be. I don't care if you want to go and lift a 400-pound stone. Be the best you can be in your neighborhood. Show kids what you do. Teach. That is so fundamental. That's what we do here. Take it over, man. Don't just let everything go by the wayside. Go out and do something. Test yourself. I guarantee you, if you never have done it, you will enjoy it. It is great stuff. Also, too, as my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day because you never know what people are going through. And that is more prevalent today than I've ever seen in my entire life. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, pull it, press it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And as a great hoose of steel stone crusher says, Domination's its name in blood red. We... Don't follow anyone. We clear-cut our own path here. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone coming out of my speakers. Well, today was another example of high-end power. Believe me, you don't go in with stones like that if uh, you're lacking tea, let me tell you. And attitude. And everything else that goes with it. Grit. Excellence. Let's just keep going. All right? Attitude. It's all about that. Frank Klein, my greatest college professor. Business. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. My dad. Be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor, would walk every patient. It didn't matter if he had 20 in there to the door. And tell them to keep smiling. Try that on your best or worst day or just walk around. Whether you mumble it or keep thinking about it in your head, it's called a paradigm shift. And I've talked a little bit about it. You could be in the worst mood of your life where you just had something go off with somebody. Start saying keep smiling. What it does, it takes you off of whatever it was and brings that into your mind and you start all over again. There's ways to counter everything, folks. There's ways to do it. Keep smiling. Um, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell 100 or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Join us. Be with us for the next 30 years. If you like this podcast, push it out to your friends, to your lists. Bring more and more people in here. We need you and you need us. And that's the way we think here. Also, Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. 
And before I sign off with Ryan, and I know Ryan will appreciate this, I just got to make sure I've got the right page. This is, and I just lost it. Um, oh boy, here we go. Here is that it? Uh, okay. This is from Of Stones and Strength by the late Steve Jack and the late Peter Martin. It's a very short poem on the inverse stone. Rest while you can. Enjoy each night you sleep in the mud. Cherish the blanket of highland grass. That until now has kept you warm and safe. For in a couple of moons, I'll be calling Steve Jack. Isn't that what we talked about today? But metaphorically, too, everything you do and want to do and set goals Eventually, not only are you going to get there, you're going to have to answer the bell. Very important. Don't run from it. Run right into fire. That's what you do. You will win, I promise you. Ryan, excellent, excellent show. We'll get this show up Monday, and uh, we'll have you back on. Um, if you want to come on before you leave or you want to wait till after, we'll talk about that off air. But thank you for being on, my friend. No, thank you, man. A great time as always. Always happy to share, and yeah, I'm definitely excited for for talking about when we when we come back with all sorts of new stones. So I love it. All right. So as I always say, you're winners, champions, and unstoppable. Think about that. Be that way. And people around you that don't share that with you, you know, as I call them, the put down artists, get away from them. You will have the best life you can ever imagine when you start subscribing to what we talk about here. Go out. There's 1,100 podcasts out there. I'm telling you right now, there's genius sitting out there at your fingertips for free. Go out and get it and listen and listen and listen. And if you need help, Ryan told you how to get a hold of him. You can get a hold of me through Facebook. You can get a hold of me a number of different ways, all right? We're all willing here to help you out, period. And that's what you need to focus your life on right now. Because everything you do in the gym goes into the outer world. You will be the biggest success no matter what you touch. So, for Ryan Stewart, this show, like I said, will be up Monday. This is Eric Fiorello. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the weekend. And think about the word rocks. Rocks, rocks, rocks. And you got it. So, Go out and do something magnificent. The world is asking for that. And we will talk to you soon. And enjoy your weekend. Thanks. And we'll talk to you soon, like I said. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.